This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, this is Ryan from Throw the Fight, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. One, two, Sweet. Hopefully my Wi-Fi holds up for us here. I've been having trouble all day, so. Have you? <laughs> yeah. I live in a outside of a pretty big city, right outside of Richmond, Virginia. But I have the shittiest internet you could possibly imagine. Yeah, for sure. My office is in the uh, the basement, so it's like the farthest corner of the house where our our uh, Wi-Fi set up. And yeah, it just it goes in and and I've got my kids home, so like going upstairs is not an option. Right, right. <laughs> well, cool. Thank you for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So where are you located? In uh, I'm I'm in Minneapolis, so I'm like 30 minutes west of Minneapolis. So are you getting affected by these uh, fires and the air quality? Yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely noticeable. It it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down here in Richmond, and it's pretty far away, but it's uh it's been. Not like New York. I've seen pictures of New York where it's horrible, but it's definitely hazy and you could tell something's up. Yeah, for sure. It's a bummer. So anyway, let's talk about Throw the Fight. Sure. So for those not familiar, can you give us the two-sentence boardroom elevator pitch? Yeah, we're just a a hard rock band from from Minneapolis, and uh, we've been been doing our thing for about 20 years at this point, so been around the block for a while. (laughs) Still loving it and still having a blast. That's great. So I'm going to go back for a second. You said just a hard rock band, 70 million yeah. Spotify streams and 700,000 monthly listeners is not just a, a rock <laughs> band, though, right? That's like, I guess I should, probably just, <laughs> I should get better at the elevator pitch. I don't know. I mean, it's just like, uh, yeah, I mean, like whenever people ask us to describe the sound, like that's just the first generic umbrella that always right. comes to mind. You know, I should probably like niche down a little bit more. <laughs> But to be, and then I know you don't want to be, uh, you know, too much of a braggart. So, but to be honest, ninety nine percent of the other musicians in the genre have strived to get those kind of numbers. Right? That's pretty amazing. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, it's just a testament to the fans sticking around and and uh, listening and and you know, just streaming platforms in general, like being able to serve it to people. So it's awesome. We appreciate it. So when you're writing, like a new record is out on the 30th, right? Strange World of this month, yep. so two weeks. Yep. When you're writing a record, are you concerned with those fans? Or are you writing the record for yourselves first? And does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. We're, we're mostly writing it for ourselves first. I mean, we don't typically have like an agenda or anything when we go into writing sessions it's always just about writing strong songs like and and for us it's you know for me personally like it's either a banger or it's not it's either a good song or it's not so like we don't typically try to overthink that stuff too much it's more or less just you know having stuff that we're happy with first and uh you know hopefully the fans like it and stick around and, and appreciate it too and like it too you know you can't make everyone happy though so right. some people like new stuff and other people don't and it kind of it is what it is at the end of the day you know so with that being said then did you overwrite like you write like a bunch of songs and then decide what's gonna make it 
For sure. Yeah. We're, we're always writing and doing stuff like that and pre-producing tracks and then pre-producing those. So typically when we go into a studio to do a, a track, we've already worked on it ourselves up and got it to a point where we feel like it's, you know, maybe 80 to 90% of the way there. And then, you know, we've, we've always worked with some great producers to kind of help refine stuff and, and take it to the next level. When you guys are writing, are you able to get in the studio together like the old traditional way? Because I guess 20 years ago, that's the way you did it, right? B- bouncing ideas. Yeah, for sure. So you still yeah, yeah. still do that. I mean, we, we do that a lot less these days. Um, Jeff, our drummer, he's in Florida now. Right. So we're getting together, you know, typically only when there's like shows or touring coming up or stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we used to do that, you know, write a lot together in the rehearsal space. That I mean, that was more like four to five ago now now we're basically just tracking stuff on our own sending it around and then we have um a producer here in minneapolis that we work with a lot so we're constantly you know going into his studio to kind of write together and work on stuff together so do you think that affects the outcome like when you're not all together writing and you're taking more advantage of you know emailing stuff or using light pipe or whatever you guys use I think it makes us more productive for sure. It gets, it, it allows us to get stuff done way faster. I mean, you know, like I said earlier, we've been around for 20 years and to put it into perspective, a third of our catalog has been released just within the last four years alone. So, um, it just goes to speak, you know, it just, it, it speaks to like how fast people are consuming music and just the speed you're able to kind of do things now, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I think we're kind of at the point where we've got a good process figured out and, and, and uh, it's working better and better for us. So we're just going to keep, you know, keep doing more of what's working. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just so much easier to get more done now. Absolutely. <laughs> at this point. So I listened to the single Obey. What's been the reaction to it so far online? Or in- uh, It's been really good. Yeah, I mean, from what I can tell, it's been really good and really positive. We've we've been playing that song live, um, you know, for the last handful of those two, and people seem to dig it live too. So, you know, we're we're looking forward to playing all this stuff uh, coming. Here. What do you guys have planned for the, in support of the record? Are you planning hitting the road? A little. Bit. We've got six or seven shows on the books right now. So we've got um, just a handful of like regional dates around the midwest minnesota wisconsin iowa south dakota um the omaha area stuff like that so right. we've got about six or seven shows coming up in 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 the next few weeks and then after that you know we'll see what happens hopefully some more touring pops up for us so i imagine being you know in this business 20 years and over a certain age then touring is difficult right especially with the price of everything it may not always make sense and you may have to do like that weekend warrior stuff right yeah, for sure. And and especially for us, you know, we're all in our 40s at this point. We've all got kids and things like that. And and we've we've kind of done the touring for the sake of touring like way, way back in the day. So for us, it's more about just being more strategic and, and doing stuff that makes sense. And, and uh, you know, it, it's more of like a less is more approach to it right now. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's more or less just kind of weekend stuff, and and touring is is few and far between. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even like the but we want to do those opportunities when they come up, you know. <laughs> I mean, I see like even like the big heavyweights like Anthrax and and all these bands they're canceling the tours because it doesn't make sense with gas prices and diesel prices and you know everything else. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, the margins are so thin on live music. It's just it's tough all around for artists and for venues. Um, so yeah, it's 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 very very tough, you know. And, and especially for bands like those at at that level, if they're struggling, yeah, then that speaks to like you know even more so bands at our level. You know, I mean, it's even right. tougher to 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 play live and 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 make it be profitable not that it needs not that you know that's the only thing that's important but no, but you, you can't cover your shirt. costs right. at the very base yeah yeah you can't you know you can't be losing money and you got you got to come on top at least a little bit so yeah it's it's definitely a different approach for us now at the state stage i was reading a thing in blabbermouth yesterday with uh you may have seen it with dave mustaine and he said there a day off is like forty five thousand dollars in between show you know in between gigs the pause of, you know, transporting everything and all the salaries and all the nonsense is like a $45,000 hit. Yeah, I believe it for sure. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for imagine- a man like that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever imagine you'd still be doing this uh, 20 years later? No, no. If someone would have said to me, you'd still be doing this when you're like 41 years old, I would have been like, no, you're crazy. But, you know, we're still here and we're still having a blast. So it's it's still fun. You know, at the end of the day, like what matters is is getting in the studio and, and writing music and recording music and releasing music. And and uh, just as long as we can continue to do that and, and have a blast, that's that's what we kind of like try to keep in the forefront of everything. Okay. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. So when you guys are writing a Throw the Fight record, and even more specifically, Strange World, is there something you want your fans to take away from? Is there like a a message or a a takeaway? For me personally, no. I mean, I think that would depend on who you ask. You know, if you if you ask Cade, who who's you know our singer and does all the the lyric writing, he would probably have a different answer. I mean, for me, I like to just. I love for people to come up with their own, you know, interpretations for the most part and, and form their own thoughts. And I always find it fascinating after music comes out, when people are telling us, you know, what the song means to them and their kind of takeaways from it, because it makes us think about it in a, in a completely different, different way. Like something you never even thought of they're taking yeah. from it. Yeah, totally. So I don't know. I always love it, you know, love leaving that open to interpretation, but honestly, no, like, I mean, we, we never really go into it with, you know, an agenda or wanting something out of it like that specifically, it's more or less just like, you know, putting great songs out or trying our best to put great songs out and, and getting them to a point where, you know, we're stoked and we're happy on it. And then hopefully everyone else is stoked on it too. (laughs) So skipping the meaning then, what about, uh, are you writing the songs like for the song's sake or how they're going to come across on stage live? Are you writing? So are you writing the song and saying, wow, this would be a great part for whatever an anthemic hand raise or whatever, something like that. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, at the very base, you know, we want to make sure that everything we are recording, like we we can execute live and, and play live. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely a thought for sure. And as far as singles go, are you going to stick with the, I guess the new business model and release singles every month or six weeks, or are you going to just do sporadic and then the record? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, we haven't been able to do it quite as fast as every six 
it's it is definitely like a lot more singles and eps yeah i mean we're already in the studio working on a couple uh cover songs so once this album drops like the a new single came out today the album drops on the 30th and then we're already planning on on putting out a couple covers after that um potentially do another ep and then yeah we'll get start writing for another album at some point soon you know so we're always trying to drop stuff frequently so you guys are really writing that much i mean or staying that busy yeah, for sure. Yeah, we've had a bunch of tracks. I mean, you know, like I said earlier, I mean, we've had probably 30 to 35 songs released just within like the last four years on as singles or as one offs. Exactly. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the whole music business has changed, right? I mean, people like my son's age, they just want 30 seconds of one song. They may not even finish it. They don't want to sit down with the record or or spend the yeah. time to know that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, for us personally, that's just where our our listeners are consuming most of the content. You know, we don't we don't sell like a ton of physical product. I mean, some bands are are doing that, you know, but it's more or less like for us, it doesn't always make sense to do a record because if the people are only going to hear the singles that get put out and then the rest of the songs, you know, are only going to get just so much of a a push you know it's it, it makes it hard to justify doing that when you could just stack them and release them all as singles and give them more of an opportunity to get you know some ears on them right. so so how on a, on a personal level and how difficult is that because i imagine since you've been in this for 20 years you're sort of in my boat right you're used to the physical full length and you kind of you know listen the way the artist sequenced it and read the lyrics and you read the liner notes so i i understand the the business point of it and getting it to the fans so you stay relevant but on a personal level is that a difficult decision to not release you know records like you're used to oh for sure well and we still do that too you know so we still release records and cds and all that stuff too and and i love uh still love getting that stuff actually this this album that's coming out at the end of the month, this is the first vinyl release that we've ever done. So this is a, a, a new thing for us too. And, and it's really cool. But uh yeah, we still do all that. I mean, it's it's I'm not saying that, you know, nobody still buys those formats or likes those formats. You know, it's just it's much more Oh yeah, no, no, I get it. But and you yeah, kind of I, have I, to I do straddle the line, right? Because there yeah. are people like myself and yourself that are, that love that. And then, you know, there's the kid people like my kids' age who have no interest in any kind of thing physical they just want a digital download right for sure and and i think you know i just want to have it i just want to have it available in as many formats for as many people so that when no matter what format they you know choose to consume the content on it's there for them you know like so many people are just watching this on youtube so it's like we want to have that there sure you know i mean you just want to have as many opportunities and options for for people as possible yeah (laughs) in the end though it's got to be pretty damn cool it's going to be satisfying to have a vinyl in your hand right dude totally i know i got it here there it is there it is (laughs) yeah that's great that's got to be amazing yeah for sure absolutely so what is uh next for throw the fight well, um, you know, we got a couple other cover songs out after the album drops, um, you know, and a bunch of shows and, and uh, hopefully some more touring. Other, otherwise, you know, hopefully we're going to Europe at some point uh, next year as well, too. So that's that's kind of on the agenda as well. And if fans want to find you guys, are you, can you give us your socials? Yeah, for sure. You can find us at throwthefight.com and we're pretty much everywhere at Throw the Fight, you know. Perfect. So before we go, I've got two things. One, I'm a big fan of uh, James Lipton's Behind the Actors Guild or whatever, the Actors Studio. 
and he always ends with 10 quick questions. Sure. So if you don't mind, we'll do those, and then I need you to do a bumper for me at the end. But So I'll just okay. run these one-word answers to find however you want to do it. What's your favorite sure. word? My favorite word? Mm-hmm. Probably no, because I say it to my kids all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what is your least favorite word? Least favorite word? Oh, man. Uh, putting me on the spot here. Yeah. They get more difficult as we go. <laughs> <laughs> least favorite word? I don't know. Probably also no, because I don't like it when people tell me no either. <laughs> all right. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Oh, interesting. Uh, uh, for honestly, for me, it's just like focus and quiet. You know, like being able to like find the time to uh, to do to do to find that space to do that because it's those moments are few and far between. I think okay. honestly, what turns you off? Uh, I don't know. Being in a hurry, I guess. <laughs> being rushed. Okay. Uh, let's see. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck, definitely. Yeah, me too. Gotta go with the solid F bomb. <laughs> right. Uh, what sound or noise do you love? <laughs> um, probably feedback. Probably anything from a from a Mar uh, Mesa dual wreck. So <laughs> nice. Uh, what sound or noise do you hate? Oh, oh gosh. Um, <laughs> I don't know. My kids screaming. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Three more for you. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, boy. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm a designer, too, so I also, like, do that, you know? So, I mean, honestly, I, I, I don't even know. I mean, we're pretty much doing what we've always set out to do. <laughs> All right. So then what profession would you like not to do? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. Cleaning sewers would be rough. Like sewer work. <laughs> I, I'm going to put a no on a no that one. <laughs> and then the last one. Sorry, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh man, thanks for being here. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> awesome. I hope that wasn't too bad. <laughs> no worries, man. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you, my friend. I really appreciate it. No problem, man. Thank you so much for having me, Bruce. Yep. Good. Good meeting you. Good luck with the record, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, man. Stay in touch, okay? Yep. Thanks. Bye. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effie Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Oh.